I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. Technologies like Kubernetes and Google Kubernetes Engine make it easier for anyone to manage their applications in the cloud. With decades of experience in managing systems at scale, Google brings that knowledge to the community through its products and open source contributions. Hen Goldberg, director of engineering at Google Cloud, explains the motivation behind Google Kubernetes Engine, which is also known as GKE. We talked about its capabilities and about what aspects of Google's engineering culture are present in it. We also talked about developer productivity, site reliability engineering, and open source software. Ken Goldberg, Director of Engineering at Google Cloud, is joining us today. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to join you. Thank you. You work on cloud technologies like Kubernetes, and you're currently leading the Google Kubernetes Engine, or GKE, as some people know it. We've done several shows about Kubernetes and cloud computing. First, I want to do a quick recap of what Kubernetes is. Can you explain it? Yes, of course. So Kubernetes is an open source system for managing containerized applications across multiple hosts, providing basic mechanism for deployment, maintenance, and scaling of applications. It was founded by Google in 2014, inspired by our internal development practices, both the idea of containers and services. For those listening to us, we recently revamped the entire documentation at Kubernetes.io. Great work by uh, the community. So there is more information about that. Mm -hmm. The last thing I will add is that what's unique about Kubernetes, it's how it allows portability of workloads since it works everywhere. And the other point is that Kubernetes is designed with extensibility in mind, which makes it a very strong platform. And also that's what allowed to build this amazing ecosystem around it. Okay. So you mentioned Kubernetes was started at Google in 2014. It was an originally part of the internal development infrastructure. And the project that you are focused more in depth is GKE. And this enables you to deploy, manage, and scale those containerized applications that you mentioned. What are challenges of this, of managing containerized applications at scale? That's a great question. I think like what we see with every system, we cannot scale the people or the management of a system in a parallel, in the same growth that our uh, usage is growing. So when you have many containers and uh, large deployment on multi-regions, for example, everything becomes harder. Troubleshooting is harder. Managing patches, security patches on that uh, environment. A deployment of your workloads is harder. And the way you monitor them, the way you make sure that it's compliant. So everything that you need to do in a larger scale takes longer time. And the key to that is really automation, but I would like to say like smart automation. And I know we, we want to talk later about SRE, so we will touch that about that again later. Yes, but you bring up a good point because... You're saying you cannot scale the people as your product grows. And was this sort of what was happening before that people would say, 
oh, I need more engineers to manage patching machines and things like that? Yeah, so this is definitely uh, uh, what we have learned at Google. And a technology like Kubernetes helped us grow 10x faster, our fleet, than we grew our ops team. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned being smart about automation. And part of this Google Kubernetes engine is about that of being intelligent and doing things for you as you keep scaling. One of the things you mentioned is deployment of workflows, managing patches. Is there anything else that is a good fit to be done programmatically that might not have been done programmatically before? I think everything can be done. Okay. Of course, I'm an engineer, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. code. It's about how you build your system. Mm -hmm. For example, whether you can automatically replicate your workloads or if you can recover from any problem with your workloads deployed, if you can... Uh, automatically backup the system when needed, when you, if you can scale out or scale down or scale up automatically with uh, whatever is needed for that system. That's actually, you know, uh, the quote from the SRE book speaks about, we want systems that are automatic, not just automated. It's about that. And when we think about, we think about a system that can self-heal themselves. Mm -hmm. You build the system with self-healing perspective in mind. You need to make sure that you have all the right events right in the system, that you have all the right hooks that allows you to build in the automation mm -hmm. and package it together with the application. One thing that I like as we build more systems like this, they are learning over time versus before we used to have employees handle these things and employees come and go. But with the system, you're sort of building this history of what happens and then predicting based on those things, right? Yeah, so that, that will be another thing. You know, even without uh, including technologies like machine learning, for example, you can still make a very smart system that will know how to recover from errors. I think that we have opportunity now when we see uh, more solution of that, of uh, making smart decisions and really learning from previous experience and having some expectations of what will happen in the future based on the data. At the beginning, we did this quick recap of what Kubernetes is. And as I mentioned earlier, the project at Google that you work on is the Kubernetes engine. But Kubernetes can exist on its own and people can use it. So who needs to use a container engine? Again, this will not be surprising. I think everybody. Okay. <laughs> and the model that we are offering our customers is that we take care of the infrastructure on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And GKE, a product like GKE, a platform like GKE, does provide a lot of flexibility to the user. Meaning, for example, because it is a pure Kubernetes upstream, you can actually integrate all the tools that you are used to or you choose to that are available in the Kubernetes ecosystem. The thing that we do for you, I think, are the, the thing that developers shouldn't care about. And we do the work for them. For example, we are monitoring your cluster in an automatic way. We make sure that they, we auto-repair if anything happens. Uh, we automatically update your cluster. We do security patches automatically. We, of course, auto-scale in many different ways uh, your cluster when needed. Uh, we provide you uh, security capabilities, integration to CI/CD, and more things that we provide a dashboard that allows you to troubleshoot your applications. So it's really providing a system, but without a lock-in, because your workload that is running on GKE is still a Kubernetes workload. I see. And if you want to port it to a different platform, for example, or for example, run the same workload on-prem and in the cloud, 
GKE doesn't stop you to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it was built with this flexibility in mind that you mentioned, right? Yes. Okay. Flexibility and openness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Google is highly known for its sophisticated internal tools. Like we mentioned before, Kubernetes actually originated from an internal system. What are some of the changes that need to be made for an internal tool, for example, to make it to open source like Kubernetes did? That's a great question. I think that there are two aspects to that. Uh, Definitely every time you do a new project, you want to learn from the previous experience. So some of the things in Kubernetes are very like Borg, okay, some of the features that we have. Borg is the internal system, but some of them have changed. For example, today Kubernetes has a much more opinionated view about the ecosystem and how extensions should work with Kubernetes. And we've done that because we wanted to make sure that we simplify the user experience, if it's for developers or operators. So that's one thing that you do just as you evolve and you learn from your own product. The other thing is, of course, you need to solve problems that your users care the most. So maybe if something would be, when Kubernetes was just announced, we supported only 100 nodes in the cluster. And the reason for that, because at a time, what we really cared about is adoption and feedback from users. And it was not yet about the scale. Right, like Google scale, of course, is very different in the size of cluster, but we prioritize that differently. And you can see more of that. When you have an internal system, you can decide specific things of how people will work with the system. Again, when you have something uh, as open source that you expect everybody to use, it has to be more flexible. It has to be more open. And also the the last thing is that the environment that Kubernetes is running in is uh, very heterogeneous. Again, unlike Google, of course. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think we benefited a lot from partnering with uh, companies like Red Hat and the entire community to get feedback of what are the problems they need to solve. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the first thing and the big thing is, again, this notion of extensibility because people already have systems in place and then might be able to migrate a portion of it and those things, right? Yes. Okay. And I can tell you something funny about that. So definitely Kubernetes was designed with extensibility in mind, uh, but originally we didn't invest much in that. We invested more on ease of use, for example, you know, building tools that allow you to spin off a cluster very easily, supporting different types of workloads. But since the community and Kubernetes became so successful, this actually started to have a burden on our own velocity. Right, so everybody needed that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Both us as building Kubernetes and our ecosystem. So sometime, I think it was sometime in 2016, this is when we did that change. I see. And really invested more in and you can see that, you know, we have things like the conformance program that we announced back in November, making sure that anyone that calls their solution a Kubernetes, we can say this is a, a conformant. Kubernetes product and everything you build on top of Kubernetes will work on top of that. So that's in my mind interesting. And also in my keynote in uh, Austin, I talked a lot about that, of how much progress we have made with the extensibility features in Kubernetes. So part of the things that make Kubernetes is the feedback from the community and also aspects from Google, specifically about Google Do you see anything about its culture of software development present in a tool like GKE that other companies can benefit from? Yes. 
So I think that there are two things. One thing is that the way that we build Kubernetes in the open, we are definitely maintaining the same practices as if we were building a closed source product. So an example, Kubernetes is known as the most chatty project. There are many comments on GitHub. And the reason for that is that we are used to challenge designs. For example, we write down, we share the alternatives that were considered when doing design. So that's one aspect of that. Specifically, the extensibility is also something that is very much aligned with the Google culture of engineering. It's about empowerment and really believing that new ideas can come with from anyone. So by doing this kind of extensibility, you're actually empowering others to innovate without creating dependencies. And again, an example was uh, with the metacontroller. Anthony showed that at KubeCon, and this is something that he came up with. And that's awesome. That's great that you allow people, everybody can come with new ideas and the system allows them to innovate. Mm-hmm. And last, of course, is all of our SRE practices. Because as I said before, SRE is not about manually managing the system, but how do you build a system that can self-heal itself? So we are working with our SRE team uh, when we initiate a feature from the design phase. For example, how should we monitor? What kind of action it should support? How do we scale? And of course, for GKE customers, what kind of SLOs we will support? And they keep in the practice of SREs that they invest up to 50% of their time in ops, but the rest of the time is about improving the system. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely the benefit uh, that GKE users get when they are using it just to getting the support of those amazing engineering team with so many years of experience of managing services in production. You mentioned a couple of times working with SREs, which for those that don't know, it stands for Site Reliability Engineers. And when I was researching about GKE on the website, I see one of the benefits if you're using this platform is you get Google SREs working with you, I think. Can you explain what SREs do? Yes. So as I mentioned, the SREs, first of all, they're part of the engineering team and they're responsible for their reliability of the system from the design phase. So they will help build a more reliable and automated system from the beginning. On top of that, on top of those uh, improvements, they are responsible to continue and investigate and add more and more uh, functionality and automation to make us really scale, right? We talked about before about how quickly you can scale and not scale your ops team in parallel. And last uh, but not least, of course, those are also the engineers that are responsible for the health of all the GK users' clusters. So if the cluster, for example, has a, the health of it is being compromised for any reason, then of course SRE will be paged and will start and investigate and fix the problem. And I want to understand because these engineers work with partners, other companies that are using this platform, GKE. What are the benefits of Google having these engineers work with these partners in comparison to each company having their own SREs that are using GKE? So I think that when you ask that, you are asking about what's the benefit of the users that are using GKE or why Google is also investing and working with the customers. No, more of the scenario where I'm a company and I'm using GKE and because I'm using this platform, some Google SREs 
work with me? What are the benefits of having these engineers work in partnership with this other company when sometimes it's not really their product? They work at Google, but there's this partnership. So that's interesting. So really, by the way, what we did in addition to SREs, uh, we also initiated a team which is called CREs, which is Customer Reliability Engineers. And I think this is what you are referring to. And the reason is that when, you know, when customer is coming to Google Cloud Platform, this is a partnership. We know that what the customer cares about is their business and running their applications and services at health, at scale, sorry, without any downtime. And we want to make sure that they are successful, that our users are successful. And we know a lot about that. And we found that some of that, you know, you can write book. And we've been sharing a lot of our SRE practices through the SRE book. But some of the things really require that, you know, you need to sit together and you need to design. And this is something that we, we want to share with our users and help them really build those automatic systems that will run on a Google Cloud platform. Before we finish, I want to talk a bit about open source software. Like we mentioned at the beginning, Kubernetes is open source, GKE is not. So I want to understand what makes a project a good candidate to be open source. Yes, I think the first thing I want to highlight that GKE is Kubernetes. So GKE is powered by Kubernetes and it is using upstream Kubernetes for a cluster. So it's not like there is a different cluster management system or managing your application in a different way. And we are leveraging, of course, using the benefits of Kubernetes. And my team is the largest team building Kubernetes today. And the reason why we do that is because we want to help people modernize and move to cloud. And today, many of the workloads are on-prem. And we thought that having something like Kubernetes open source will really increase adoption. So that was uh, one reason. Of course, as an engineering team, it also allowed us to have this really quick feedback loop to make a better product. And the last thing is that we were able to build this amazing ecosystem uh, around it, uh, which was also very important. I think what makes any project can be a good candidate for open source, uh, but I do think that for it to be successful, it should be treated as if it is a product. You need to think about what are the goals. It should be a viable open source product that can really work because that's what I, in my mind is amazing with Kubernetes. It is the same technology everywhere and it works. Otherwise people would not use it. Yes. And you brought up an important point that I also noticed was a recurring theme at KubeCon, which is reduce the barrier of adoption to onboard people to the cloud, which is exactly what Kubernetes is doing, right? With the fact that it's open source. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once you have an open source software at a big company, what can be some of the benefits for a big corporation like Google? So this is exactly the thing that I've been talking about. But for example, if someone is familiar with Kubernetes and they're using it on-prem, when they come to GK, it's all the same. They don't need to learn anything new for that. They're still using kubectl the same way their YAML files can be used. And I think that's really important to reduce the friction of the user experience. Partners and ecosystem is really important. So we are very happy with all the companies that are building solutions around Kubernetes. We too invest in the Kubernetes ecosystem uh, with more projects and products that we uh, make available to our users. Mm -hmm. And that just makes that rich environment to users and give them choice. So that's definitely something that is very important for us. Does it also affect in reachability, for example, GKE? like you said, is Kubernetes, they're using Kubernetes. And the fact that it's open source means people all over the world 
use it? And then does this affect the product development of GKE? Like you find out about some scenarios that you wouldn't have known if people are not using Kubernetes as open source. Definitely through the open source community, we learn a lot about many use cases and we get to engage uh, with customers very early on in their journey, which I think it's definitely great and definitely a, a very big benefit of that. By the way, also worth mentioning is that uh, GKE as a product is growing really fast. And I think that also has to do with the success of Kubernetes. And like you said, this product makes you be very involved with Kubernetes. It's one of the biggest teams working on it. In addition to this, we have one of the biggest open source communities. How do you manage an open source community of such a big size? I think it's thousands of people, right? So definitely it's not I manage. It's what we call it's a project mm -hmm. led by the community. And this is part of the way that CNCF is also operating. Uh, so the Kubernetes community has amazing members of it. And we are building as we grow and as we need to scale, we are building processes and roles within the community that help build that amazing thing. And, and that's one of the things I really like about Kubernetes is that you can really feel that it's Kubernetes first in some ways. And, and there are many people that volunteer and helping with releases and moderating community meetings and helping with documentation and education and building features. The Kubernetes community is going through a great process of defining the governance model. We had uh, elections to the steering committee where we have a few Googlers participating in that. So that's really, I think, the right way to do it. Yes, that makes sense. Like you said, there needs to be processes and roles in place and working in partnership with CNCF and other communities. Well, Hen, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It's been great talking to you about GKE and Kubernetes and KubeCon and a lot of things. Thank you very much for uh, having me and I hope we'll uh, talk soon. And worst case scenario, KubeCon in Seattle. Yes, definitely. Yeah.